going on? Happy Thursday. Welcome to the program. Thanks a lot for hanging out with me. I appreciate it. Pete Callender here in the Ty Boyd studio here at News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Uh, the phone numbers, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110, and uh, the email Pete at the thepetecallendershow.com. So, uh, new year, right? I mean, I know I'm a little late here. It's the 19th of January, but a whole bunch of laws went into effect all over the country. And uh, National Review's Ryan Mills had a, a brief rundown on some of the the types of laws that are getting passed or that were passed and now took effect uh, in states that are, well, maybe not so well run. But these are the things that they focused on. Like making it harder for law-abiding citizens to purchase firearms, but made it easier for illegal immigrants to get driver's licenses. Turn their states into refuges for women seeking abortions at any time in pregnancy, as well as refuges for minors seeking gender-affirming surgeries without parental consent. Some states increased regulations on small businesses, made it harder for them to manage their staffs. They curtailed free speech rights of doctors. They banned politically incorrect high school mascots. And in some cases, voters in blue states and blue cities weighed in, further empowering public sector unions and giving the thumbs up to the massive new racial justice initiatives that uh, they were asked to vote on. So uh, first, like on the gun issue here, we've got New York. Uh, They were very upset up there about the Supreme Court shooting down the state's gun control law, no pun intended, um, that required concealed carry applicants to, quote, demonstrate a special need. That got got overturned. In California, uh, the, the governor, Gavin Newsom, signed SB 1327, which just as an aside, You know you have too many laws when a bill gets passed that is numbered in the thousands, right? You're doing too much, guys. Anyway, SB 1327 empowers California residents to sue anybody who makes, sells, transports, or distributes illegal, quote, assault weapons or ghost guns in the state. I'm going to come back to the ghost gun uh, issue in a bit. Voters in Oregon criminalized the possession of magazines that can hold more than 10 rounds. It requires anybody who wants to purchase a gun to pass a training course and to get a permit from local law enforcement. So they're bringing back Jim Crow 2.0. Jim Crow era laws designed to prevent African-Americans from buying firearms to defend themselves from white supremacists. We're going to bring that law uh, back, apparently. We have it here in North Carolina still. Democrats refuse to repeal that. Um, And uh, now in Oregon, they are adopting it. Uh, There is a problem. Local law enforcement agencies say that they'd actually they don't have the infrastructure or the staff to process tens of thousands of new background checks. Uh, Well, just do what our sheriff here in Mecklenburg County does. Just slow roll the entire process. That's all. Um. There's a state circuit judge put the measure on hold in uh, December. So they're still waiting to see that uh, and how it's going to be implemented. Up in Taxachusetts, they approved a driver's license for illegal immigrants. Uh, Yeah, 
They passed the Work and Family Mobility Act, which allows people that are in the country illegally to obtain a driver's license if if they can provide a foreign passport or a consular identification document, as well as one other form of ID. And you bring that to the Registry of Motor Vehicles. It got vetoed. It got overridden. The governor, uh, Charlie Baker, said that the DMV does not have the expertise or ability to verify the validity of all these different kinds of documents from all these other countries. And then he suggested it could actually lead to voter fraud. Well, yeah, because if you're sending everybody to DMV and they can't verify whether the documents are legit or not, and then motor voter laws take effect and now you get registered to vote, sure. The Democrat-controlled House and Senate up there overrode his veto. So Republicans pushed a ballot initiative to try to repeal it. But it's Taxachusetts, and so 54% of the voters agreed to uphold the law. Um, Rhode Island also passed a law last year allowing illegal immigrants to get driver's licenses. What else? Uh, Californication, uh, Senate Bill 107, that law empowers California courts to, quote, take temporary emergency jurisdiction over children who come to the state for trans treatments or transments, I think you call them, even in cases where they are brought to the state illegally or brought to the state against the parents' wishes. In Colorado, they passed one of the nation's most extreme uh, pro-abortion laws, Democratic lawmakers passed HB 22-1279, and it allows for abortion for any reason at any time. What could go wrong? In Vermont, banned, uh, they banned offensive school mascots, like the Fighting Whiteys. No, I'm kidding. That's not banned. Uh, well, they, it may be. They say you're not allowed to have a mascot if you're a state public school. No more mascots based on race, creed, color, national origin, so I guess you can't call yourself the Americans, uh, sexual orientation, or gender identity of any person or groups of persons, any person, group of persons, or organization associated with the repression of others. I did mention the Fighting Whiteys. This was the, the classic self-own that the, uh, the fella out in, I want to say it was like Iowa or something, or Oklahoma, and he was uh, uh, Native American. He was indigenous and you know, from that uh, lineage, and he was in college, and he got mad at one of the mascots. And so in order to, to own the whites, he, um, he named his intramural team the Fighting Whiteys. And he had a mascot drawn up of, uh, you know, the old cartoon? I always think Brenda Starr. Remember that? Do they, how long has it been since that thing's been in the paper? But that, that quintessential, like, sort of... Uh, you know, white guy, brill cream, black hair, cartoonish, you know, in a suit, square jaw, uh, like whatever, like that archetypal figure. And, and he had that as the um, as the mascot. And then it got a, he, he he had T-shirts drawn up for his intramural team. News got out. 
and white people all over the land were like, I want one of those shirts. Can I get some? And he was like, no, no, no. You don't understand. This is an insult to you. And they're like, I don't care. Give me the shirt. I want the shirt. It's fantastic. I want a, I want a shirt that says the fighting whiteies. After he realized that he could not, he couldn't fight back because there was money to be made. The people were willing. So he, so he sells the shirts. You can still find them. I think it's at cafepress.com. That's a, a website where you can make your own merch. And uh, so I, I think it's still up there. And the money that he makes off of the shirts, he says, goes to fund a scholarship program for indigenous students at the college, which is fantastic. But, yeah, it's kind of a yeah self-owned. The law directs state education department officials to create a process for offended citizens to file mascot complaints with their local school boards. However, the board's decision could be appealed to the state's secretary of education who would have the final say. Like we're going to get to the point, I think, where we're just going to have. We're going to have just team names that are I don't even think we could do colors. They're just going to be like letters or numbers or something. Right. California approved a council to micromanage fast food restaurants. California Democrats took aim at the state's fast food industry, passing a law that would allow for the creation of an unelected council to impose regulations on fast food restaurants including mandating a nearly 50% minimum wage increase. This new body would have broad regulatory powers over any fast food restaurants that are part of a chain with 100 or more locations. Um, It was uh, seen as a power play by the SEIU, the Service Employees International Union of California, which has been trying to organize fast food workers in the state, but so far just has not been so successful. So we'll just... We'll just get GovCo involved. I got some more. New rules taking effect in blue states. A reminder tomorrow... The WBT staff is going to be hanging out all day at the Union County Agricultural and Arts. I keep saying that. Agricultural and Events Center. I don't know why I keep saying the Agricultural Arts. No, it's the Agricultural, it's the Ag Center in Monroe. We're going to be there all day. I'll be down there doing my show from noon to 3. The other hosts are down there 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. as well doing their shows. And it's all to help celebrate the 31st annual Union County Crime Stoppers Barbecue. And uh, they're going to be presenting the... Uh, Law Enforcement Officer of the Year Award. Uh, they've, they're going to have a bunch of officials there. They're going to have live music. They're going to have barbecue. I mean, they should have barbecue. After all, it is a barbecue. So uh, event details are at the website, UnionCountyCrimestoppers.com forward slash BBQ. All right, so some of these other laws that got passed last year taking effect now uh, in Illinois. Workers' Rights Amendment got passed by the voters, which bans the state, prohibits state lawmakers from passing right-to-work laws, which, good news for us. (laughs) You keep doing what you're doing, Illinois. Love it. It expands uh, subjects eligible for union negotiations beyond just wages and hours. Now it includes anything that impacts economic welfare and safety at work. Big, broad umbrellas. The law states that collective bargaining contracts, quote, shall supersede any contrary statutes, charters, ordinances, 
rules, or regulations relating to wages, hours, and conditions of employment, which means union bosses can now void hundreds of state and local laws just by writing contrary provisions into their contracts. What could go wrong? Proponents of the amendment say it was uh, it offers protections for all Illinoisans. What? That's what they're called? Illinois, Illinoisans? Illinoisans. Illinoisans? Illinoisans. Yeah, I'm going with that. Illinoisans? Yeah. Even though it only applies to public sector workers, Wall Street Journal reports opponents say it's going to lead to tax increases to pay for higher wages and more bennies for government workers, and it will likely snuff out efforts to rein in government waste and overlap in Illinois. What else? New York City. New York City okayed a massive racial equity infrastructure. It's now going to add an introductory statement to its charter, its city charter, with an aspirational vision of a just and equitable city for all. And a declaration that diversity is our strength. Unless you are asylum seekers coming up from the, uh, from the Texas border, then no room for you. Sorry. The charter is going to be amended to establish an office of racial equity that would be led by a chief equity officer. It'll also establish a racial equity commission. I don't know if they've got blue ribbons. It should be, right? It's not official. It's not even credible unless they got some blue ribbons. So... It's a racial equity commission to identify priorities and require that every city agency produce a racial equity plan every two years. This is what I talk about, or this is what I mean when I talk about lack of focus on core services. Lack of focus on, when you start to, because think about this, you're now going to charge every city agency with drafting a racial equity plan every two years, which, by the way, I don't even think that's going to be sufficient. I think that the racial equity parameters and standards, I think they change way too fast, way too fast for a two-year plan. You're going to need probably monthly updates, for like for real. Every month, update the plan to make sure it is keeping pace with whatever the Church of Wokeism is you know, issuing as far as their edicts. So... Um, racial equity plan every two years, you still got to create that. You got to draft it. You got to devote staff time and resources to it. And what does that mean? It means that is taking time away from other things that you would otherwise be doing. And those other things more often than not are more in line with what the core function of the local government is supposed to be. They say equity work will no longer be siloed, but rather developed out holistically across all agencies The city's charter is also going to be amended to create a new measure for the true cost of living in the city. Which, like anything else, like if you have to ask, then you probably can't afford it. Opponents argue that the new measure will be used to justify increased government spending on social assistance programs. So, of course it will. Because honestly, like, do you expect the cost of living, the true cost of living in the city, do you think it's going to be lower? Do you think Do you think that this creation of a new measure for the true cost of living, do you think that that's going to come in lower than what the current cost of living is estimated to be? Come on. Why would they do that? But then there was this other law. In California, 
It's now illegal for doctors to express minority opinions about COVID-19, the effectiveness of masks, and coronavirus vaccines. In a completely unrelated story, U-Haul reports that the number one destinations for one-way trips, Texas, Florida, and the Carolinas. Number one place where people are getting their one-way U-Hauls, California, Illinois, and New York. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Tim Carney writing at Washington Examiner uh, in the uh, January 10th edition, the Dead Tree copy. Thank you, Ed, for uh, letting me borrow it. Uh, If there's anything we're supposed to fear these days more than climate change, which is terribly scary and all, but um, it is Republican governance. Am I right? Right. It's even scarier. Death Santis and all. Somehow, however, despite rising temperatures and promises of more hurricanes, people keep moving south. And despite the constant message that the GOP is destroying democracy, residents keep voting with their feet for Republican governors and legislatures. It's so weird, right? Uh, Why would people want to be moving into these states that are going to be destroyed by Gaia Earth next year or the Republicans that rule over us? Great way to measure this, <clears throat> U-Haul. U-Haul. They're, like, there are they're little, um, I love these types of stories, by the way. So a little fun fact about me is that I, I love these types of stories. Um, where you, you look at a private sector industry or business, and you can, you can get insights about behavior based on the way the company operates. For example, the Waffle House Index, you're aware of this, right? The Waffle House Index, because Waffle House is able to operate because they got gas for now. I mean, for now, until they come for the gas stoves, then Waffle House is going to be out of business and then the index is, is garbage. But uh, it, like as far as emergency response goes, they have a Waffle House Index where they can tell how bad an area has been devastated by Gaia Earth because they obviously wronged her somehow. But um, they, they can tell how bad it is based on how many Waffle Houses are open and what kind of menu they're running. Because Waffle House has it down to a science, basically. They've got different levels, and like they, they send in crews to keep the Waffle Houses open because they are the ones, basically, that feed all of the emergency responders. And so it's a, like it, it is. It's a real thing. Um, FEMA uses this. Anyway, so that's one of them. But the U-Haul stat, this is so interesting, and I first learned about this, gosh, um, when the, I guess it would have been tech bubble burst time frame. It was after, okay, so this would have been early 2000s, right? Because I remember there was the first time I flew after 9-11, I think, and I had a one-way ticket. Uh, I had flown out to San Francisco, and then I was going to, you know, uh, drive with a friend of mine, um, who lived in San Francisco, we were going to drive to Vegas for a bachelor party. And I cannot talk about No, I can't talk about it. It stays there. That's that's what the branding says. So uh, I uh, flew out there, but then he, he bailed. He was like, I got a lot of work. I can't do it. So I had to go buy a ticket from Oakland and fly to 
Vegas, and that set off all of the, you know, red flags. Who is this guy? Uh, he's going to try to, you know, murder people or whatever. And so then they, you know, I had to take off my sandals, which was silly to me, like show them I, w- I didn't have, you know, bombs strapped under my under my toes or something, whatever. So, uh, but it was at that time because he was, my friend who lived in San Fran, he was talking about how you couldn't get U-Hauls out of San Francisco. You you couldn't find any. And all of, the, here's another one, the, um, uh, like the Goodwill and the, uh, uh, you know, hand-me-down shops and consignment stores, they were packed. They were filled with high-end uh, clothing because people didn't want to move it. They were like, I'm out because when the economy tanked, yeah, it was, so this would have been right after 9-11, early 2000s, the economy tanks and people just fled. They were all moving out. You could not get U-Hauls. And this U-Haul index is indicative of people's satisfaction with where they live. So U-Haul puts out its reports and it tells people number one, two, three states, people are getting one-way trucks to Texas, Florida, and the Carolinas, which were not one state, but whatever. It says the Carolinas. I, I don't know what to do about that. It's, I, I'm thinking, whatever, it doesn't matter. We are the top destinations for one-way U-Haul truck customers in 2022. Texas and Florida have been at or near the top for the past Five years. Apparently, a lot of people don't like democracy. They're trying to get out. Demand for equipment out of states. Where do you think that's highest? Well, I just told you. California, Illinois, and New York. More people opted to leave these areas. The two states with the greatest net negative in one-way rentals, California and Illinois. In short, people are fleeing the big blue states for the big red states. Now, I know what you're thinking, you lefties, because you see everything through the prism of race. It's white flight. Let's take a look at this, shall we? This is actually largely a non-white phenomenon. Ah, uh, what? Don't they realize they're moving back into Jim Crow 2.0 territory? So the 1900s began with the Great Migration. 1900s, where where black people moved out of the South because of racist Democrats. And so that controlled government and implemented all sorts of laws and legalized the murder of blacks, prevented them from owning guns to defend themselves and such. So uh, there was this great migration. Black people moved out of the South into the Northern cities. The new great migration sees their grandkids now moving back down. And this began about 20 years ago, early 2000s. Since then, there's been a net total of 800,000 African-Americans who have moved into the South, while a net total of 550,000 have moved out of the Northeast alone. Where are they going? Specifically, Atlanta, Dallas, and Phoenix, who has lost New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles. By the way, Hispanics and African-Americans made up almost all of Texas's population growth in the last decade. I don't know. Have they heard about climate change? Do they know that they're going to be underwater soon? I don't know. California 
passes this law over misinformation, disinformation. And by the way, if you started, you started to notice this is the pattern, misinformation, disinformation, and the connection with Russia, 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 right? It's, it, it's reaching its crescendo. I don't think this is sustainable. Everything can't be Russia and disinformation, particularly when we know from the release of the Twitter files recently. Right. We also know that because of the release of those, uh, because of the release of the information, that uh, Twitter didn't find this kind of Russian disinformation campaign underway. It was a uh, Democrat and media, but I repeat myself, and Intel community-driven hoax. These were lies. They kept hammering away at social media companies to make this thing happen, make fetch happen. And they made it happen because you had tech companies and people who worked inside them that agreed. They caved. Same thing happening at the WEF going on, right? The World Economic Forum. They're talking about this at the WEF, this misinformation, disinformation stuff and how it's tied to Russians. The Russians are the ones promoting all of this anti-World Economic Forum. No, People are anti-World Economic Forum because you guys are pretty terrible. Your ideas suck. You're kind of tyrannical, and you're, like, almost cartoonishly looking villainous, right? You, Yeah, I mean, like, the guy, Klaus von whatever, I think I saw him. Wasn't he in that movie with uh, Danny Glover and Mel Gibson, Loaded Weapon? Wasn't that it? Loaded weapon? Loaded gun? The loaded gun. No, no, that was the parody of it. Right, he was the guy like, diplomatic immunity. That's him. That's the villain here. And they're like, oh no, all these people that are calling us these terrible names, they're just Russian bots. They're not Russian bots. In fact, I saw a couple of journalists approach you. They weren't Russian bots at all. They're Canadians. I know, kind of like Russia, but whatever. Uh, I mean, it's just as cold, and I don't know what's going on with their government lately, but whatever. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. A couple of messages here. Uh, This is from Stan, who says, Pete, if, and by the way, the email is Pete at the PeteCalendarShoe.com. That's calendar with a K. Pete, if they are claiming they can just pass a new law making it easier for people here illegally to get a driver's license, then why don't they just pass a similar law making it just as easy for all other groups here legally to get a license and consequently an ID, you know, for voting? Stan, you raise a very good question. I believe uh, the answer is uh, shut up, you racist. Why don't you want minorities to vote? I think that's the correct response there. Um, well, I mean, logically speaking, obviously that's the answer. Um, next up, I got a message from Tim it says regarding the driver's license for illegal aliens law that was passed. Uh, I forget what state did that. Uh, was it Massachusetts? I think it was. Yeah. Massachusetts. Also Rhode Island did it, uh, as well. He says, I remember back in the late eighties when driver's insurance tacked on a $3 surcharge for uninsured and underinsured drivers. I remember that as well. I, yeah, we would, I mean, I don't remember the exact amount, but I'll take your word for it. It was $3. Um, 
And according to my insurance agent, uh, that was primarily for illegal aliens crashing into you. <laughs> that was why. Well, I mean, it's for any uninsured. But yeah. Um, so I just paid my car insurance bill and the uninsured underinsured surcharge is now one hundred thirty five dollars. See all the benefits of illegal immigration. The Chamber of Commerce sure does. Indeed. So California implemented a law that takes effect this year. It was Bill 2098, General Assembly Bill 2098. It prohibits, quote, the dissemination of misinformation and disinformation related to COVID-19 or the development, safety, and effectiveness of COVID vaccines. So unelected members of the state medical board will be responsible for determining what counts as misinformation. The legislation identifies false information as that which is, quote, contradicted by contemporary scientific consensus, which is actually not how science works. Right? That's, that's, things become consensus because it is scientifically tested, peer-reviewed. It is challenged. That's what makes it a consensus view. It's not a consensus view when you silence opponents, when you prohibit challenges. That's not a real consensus. That's just, that's bending the knee. That's acquiescence. That's censorship. It's not science. It's a lot of other things, but it's not science. The law is already being challenged in federal court, thank God. Meanwhile, Facebook told an official at the Biden White House that the big tech company not only suppressed misinformation, but took action against the, quote, virality of often true content regarding the vaccines. So, you know, you've got the first off, you got the Twitter files coming out and all of the. Right. You got all of that stuff coming out. So we're, we get snippets from Twitter's interactions with the government and health officials on how it's censored and suppressed uh, non-consensus, double-plus, ungood, wrong think from doctors, from experts, right, that were, that were challenging, particularly initially, the lockdowns. And they were, they were blackballed. They got censored. They were banned. So that's Twitter. Facebook, though, you'll recall, is being sued by some attorneys general, Missouri being one of them, Andrew Bailey, they released documents a couple of days ago obtained through this court case, Missouri v. Biden, alleging that some of Joe Biden's top officials, quote, colluded with big tech social media companies to violate Americans' right to free speech under the First Amendment. So and one of the documents that we now know of is a March 21, 2021 email. It was to the White House. From a Facebook staffer, a Facebooker, I think they're called. And uh, they discuss, quote, levers or levers, not telling you which is the correct pronunciation. I'm not I'm not here to start a war. Okay, levers for tackling vaccine hesitancy content. Right. This was an email from the Facebook staffer to Andrew Slavitt or Slavitt, probably Slavitt. He's a Democrat. So anyway, well, I guess then that would be slave it. Anyway, he's a senior advisor on Biden's COVID-19 response team uh, and Rob Flaherty, the White House director of digital strategy. Quote, 
You also asked us about the levers for reducing virality of vaccine hesitancy content, wrote the Facebook staffer whose identity has been redacted. They went on to say, as you know, in addition to removing vaccine misinformation, we have been focused on reducing the virality of content discouraging vaccines that does not contain actionable information. This is often true content. They call it often true. It's a hyphenated often true. It's a new kind of content. It's often true, which we allow at the post level because it's important for people to be able to discuss both their personal experiences and concerns about the vaccine. But it can be framed as sensation, alarmist or shocking. We will remove these groups, pages and accounts when they are disproportionately promoting this sensationalized content. See, so they're going to let you post. You could post something, but if you're in a group, right, and and your stuff gets a little too viral, too many people like it, too many people interact with it, mm-mm, then they're going to throttle you. Google was told by the White House that uh, they were concerned that YouTube, which is owned by Google, is funneling people into hesitance and intensify, intensifying people's hesitancy. Why won't you get the shot? Is It's a concern that's shared at the highest, and I mean highest, levels of the white house the digital strategy chief said right so this is a pressure campaign right flaherty the guy's name suggested that the social media platform should take action to suppress tucker carlson and tommy laren flaherty faulted instagram which facebook owns for failing to remove bad information from its search functions as well He says, I don't know why you guys can't figure this out. So why are all of these legacy media outlets ignoring these stories? Let's take a look. Up next.